Oh man, just like the Florida Panthers potentially Puckwave podcast is back. Uh after too long, entirely too much time has gone by. We finally have America's goalie Jackson Bowline back on the program. What's up, man? It's been it's been too long. I've missed Tendy Talk. I've missed you. Everything good? Yeah. It's been a very busy and, and good time, but uh yeah, it's been a long time. Uh Definitely a couple months. A yeah. lot of games gone by. <laughs> yeah, basically like 60-ish percent of the season and then first round of the playoffs. We'll get into why, you know, the scheduling didn't work out, why the podcast was gone for a little bit. But, uh, you know, we got to talk about the games first. And I want to start off with, I guess we'll get right into what I said, the Florida Panthers. And shout out to the wives and girlfriends of them that just like don't like people having differing <laughs> opinions on their ugly ass jackets because like they were terrible. And sorry, I had a deferring opinion. And it's not even like them. If it was, if it was actually like Alex Barkov's wife or girlfriend mad at me, I'd be like, okay, whatever. But like, it's a fan page of them. It's like get a grip. They don't know yeah. you, just like they don't know me, and they probably know that those jackets are hideous. But they still get to wear them at least one more night. Am, am I just am I just because I don't want to acknowledge Florida anymore? I just want them to be gone. Am I not believing in them? They're going six. I didn't think it'd be this long. What do you make of the Panthers? I mean, they made a goalie change. Uh, they had they rode a hot goalie, a, a rookie goalie, uh, for a little while with Spencer Knight, still uh, in a program. And uh, out of out of uh, commission, but they switched to Sergey Sergey uh, Bobrovsky, and I mean he had over 40 saves tonight. So uh, that was pretty much the key of the game. The Bruins put up 47 shots uh, against Florida. So I I still think there's a better team, but sometimes goalies steal games, and definitely happened tonight. I as Matthew. Kachuk's like antics surprised you at all because I feel like a lot of people just didn't ever realize what kind of player he was and I feel like he's just like that's been one of the biggest stories is him and what he does on the ice he's got to be one of the most annoying players to play against just because he has he he does the things that like uh um I'm trying to think like even like a just a player who doesn't have a lot of skill and is just out there to get under people's skin uh but he also is just so talented as well so he can he can back all the trash talk that he brings out there and all the antics out there. And then he'll go out there and score a between the legs goal. Yeah, exactly. He'll like, and I brought it up a few podcasts ago, but like the mouthpiece just annoys me to no end. <laughs> I hate seeing it, and it's so flimsy for no reason. Like they make like more durable plastic nowadays. But like you said, he can chirp with the best of them. He'll fight anybody. He'll get under your skin, and then, what was it, Sunday, he scored that between-the-legs goal to tie it or put them within one. You're not doing uh, – when you were explain, trying to think of who he's like, I was thinking in the back of my head, no way Pat Maroon is doing that, you know. <laughs> I know you've had to grow to like him on your team. Ryan Reeves isn't doing that. I don't think his younger brother's doing that. Matthew Kachuk is one in a million, and, you know – you're going to love him. You're going to hate him. If you're playing against him, it's just the worst because you know 
He's gonna add. He's gonna be Brad Marchand, but be as good as Brad Marchand. And I know only Bruins fans like Marchand. Yeah, and the worst part is his voice too. I'm sure when he's he's chirping, he's got that little lisp in him, and he he's got a little higher pitch voice as well. So uh, just imagine just getting uh, getting it in between the legs goal, and then chirped by him with uh with the voice that he has. It, yeah, it's basically, you know, somebody just dangles snipes and sellies on you, and then it's Mike Tyson coming at you, you know, <laughs> passing by in the benches. Yep, yep. What about the Bruins? What have you made of them through five games now? They're beatable. I think they're a better – they're certainly a better President's Trophy team than we've had when we've seen in the past. I was a little worried about them uh, just because of the success and the, the president's trophy, but I mean, they're a record breaking team and they have one of the best goalies, goalie duos, but one of the best goalies this year, probably the best goalie uh, this year in, in Linus Mjolmark. And, and it just, it shows up in the playoffs and uh, he had one blunder of a game, but he came back and, and played really well. Actually got kicked out one game too for fighting, but which is, which is pretty awesome. But um yeah it's there's a reasonable chance to be if you if you're not a Boston City fan uh a fan of all their championships then it's a little worrisome for them I I I agree with you totally they don't appear to be this impenetrable team that they did the entire season it felt like but also who is going to beat them if they make it past Florida? That's what I want to know because mm-hmm. the games that Florida has won, the two of them, I just feel like they kind of got some bounces that went their way and not that they didn't deserve to win the games, but in the playoffs and we'll get into Leafs lightning, but you know, the, the Leafs could be down three to one instead of being up three to one. That's just how this game works this time of year. But I mean, I feel like Boston, it is good for them that they got a team like Florida round one because even though they may not win the series, they still can't take them lightly. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, it's worked out for them. And they're just banged up all around, and they're getting people back, and they're losing people. Krejci didn't play tonight, but Bruins fans were saying that's a good thing. So, I think if they make it out, I still think that they lose next round, whoever they play, but that's just because I have to go off of that because I've been saying that for months now. Yeah, I mean, when was the last time we had a president's team, a president's trophy team win a even get close to the Stanley Cup? It's been it's been a long time. Probably, I mean, maybe the Blackhawks did it, maybe the Penguins did it during their uh, their reign, but yeah, it's. The tall task, you, get, you have so much on the line. You have so much pressure on you uh, when you have the, everybody uh, going up against you being the underdog. And I think this is a great way to just move into that Leafs Lightning series I brought up. I'm curious what you've made of it because I have probably deferring thoughts, but I want to hear what you think of it first. Well, which series? The Lightning Leafs. Yeah, it's been, I think it's been my favorite 3-1 series in a long time. It's been so close. I mean, they got three games in overtime. Yeah. uh, Two or three there. And 
every game has been close. I mean, each team has time in, in the in the offensive zone for an extended period of time. And Tampa Bay doesn't look like Tampa Bay, especially uh, Vasilevsky. I mean, he has an 85 save percentage and a four. Oh, I think it's a, a 4.05 goals against average. It's just it's not him. Uh, it's not how he usually plays. But the Leafs. They could make some noise going into the playoffs here uh, this year. They were expected to get out of the first round this year, and they are expected to get out of the first round most other years. But it is the Leafs, so it's three to one. I don't think this series is is anywhere anywhere done. Uh, they go back to Toronto, so it's going to be a rowdy group because everybody's going to show up, and they're going to want to watch the Leafs for the first time since two thousand one uh, make it out of the first round. I was talking to somebody today that they told me that they're a converted Leafs fan after liking <laughs> the Canadians for most of their life. I was like, that is just absolutely insane. What a <laughs> wild switch up, especially for Canadian teams. That's like if I was like, yeah, I like the Devils and now I like the Rangers. And that's really one of the only comparisons I feel like you have. I feel like any Canadian team, if you like them and then switch to a different one, it's just absolutely insane. But I okay. The the Maple Leafs deserve to be up three one. But I also, mm-hmm. like I said before, it very easily could be lightning three to one. Last night was, you know, the overtime winner and it was what? Was last night the one that Vasilevsky gave up three in the last like ten minutes? And they were up four one. Yeah. Or maybe yeah. that's even happened like twice, back. which, you know doesn't happen that's just the way the game goes mm-hmm. but yeah the lightning haven't looked as sharp but then there's moments that when you go up four to one in the second you go oh okay you know this is just in my head but then they don't find a way and obviously that biggest part is Vasilevsky, and you know he's carried them to three straight cups and then there could be a reasonable argument made that he's the reason why they get bounced in the first round, and Derek, would, however you say his last name, the guy with the enormous nose that now coaches the Red Wings, was uh, is working for Sportsnet, and he's like, kind of not showing how the sausage is made, but is saying more than most would know because he was there for so long. And John Cooper mm-hmm. just dismisses it and goes, yeah, you know, they're paying him a lot of money. He's just got to say stuff, you know, to get clicks and whatnot. But I'm, he's not wrong, and everybody, I you obviously know much better than I do, and I saw this with Vanacek. It's just he's getting beat on the weak side constantly, and not having that that mobility that we're so accustomed. It and it was only to him that we saw it. I remember we were talking. It might have even been after like the first game of the year. He made some save, and he was just one side of the post, and then it goes totally opposite side, and he's already there. It's just that mobility that we're accustomed to hasn't been there these four games so far. Yeah. And that's something to do with confidence too. Uh, just not, not feeling like yourself. And, and he has the best, probably a weird thing to say, but he has the best hips uh, in the league as a goalie. He his hips are, I think he had surgery. I don't know if I heard that uh, or something with that. And it just helped his hips become more flexible. Uh, he's able to, you know, go down the butterfly and, stretch his leg in ways that most people aren't able to do that and he's also huge uh but yeah it's just 
it's a lot with do with confidence. It's not trusting the people in front of you. And he had some comments uh, yesterday or something that people are asked why he's getting beat um, or how he can help with those screen shots. And he said, uh, have x-ray vision. So uh, it's, the Leafs are, are doing everything they can to, to get to him. And they're, they're in front of the net and, I mean, they're re- they came ready to play uh, for the first time in a long time in the first round. It was something the Wild can't say. And the other thing that's really impressive with Toronto is everybody's producing. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's nobody. I mean, maybe you can think of someone, but there's nobody on their team that you go, oh, I want blank to, you know, score more than two points. Everybody's contributing. It's all the guys that you thought would. Ryan O'Reilly has, I think, seven points. I think he's leading their team or is up there in points for them. So everybody that you would expect to do something is doing something, and that's why they're out to this 3-1 lead already. Yeah, that was a great trade. Um, He had a a good time in Minnesota for the seven minutes, but um, going to to Toronto, that's that's just such a good player. I mean, he he led – he was a key part. Him and uh, Bennington were a key part to the Stanley Cup run for the Blues, and now he wants to he wants to do that again for for the uh, now for the Maple Leafs. So, yeah, him and I mean, I mean even um, Mitch Marner has been uh, very good. Who's been invisible in playoffs in previous previous showings? Only because you brought it up is why I'm going to bring it up. But isn't it crazy <laughs> that the Blues Cup was only four years ago? Yeah, it does feel like just so long ago. Uh, I I really thought it was like 2016 or something, but then I looked the other day. I was like, no, it was four years ago. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was like they made the playoffs, this and that, but then it's like, you know, they happened to make it to the Cup, and then they've done really nothing since. I mean, they did be one of our favorite teams in the playoffs last year, but, you know, now they're (laughs) rebuilding. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's a it's deja vu, vu this year for for that single team too. Uh, but the other thing about the late the Leafs, uh, the only thing that would worry me is just their goaltending. I mean, Sam Sonov really doesn't have that much playoff experience. I'm trying to think; he might have played a little with the Capitals, but I, I don't even I, I don't think he played a whole lot with the Capitals blinking the playoffs. But I mean, his save percentage isn't good. He hasn't been. Excellent. He's played. He's had some nice saves, but if they play a team um, that you know is going to put a lot of pucks on that, then they could be in trouble there. Before we get into the series that you and I have special interests in, uh, let's talk about this Canes Islanders series. This one's been, I feel like, just the weirdest one. Yeah, because I don't know if the Hurricanes are good or if they just can't beat the Islanders. I don't know if the Islanders are good or if they're just playing up to the Canes. What do you make of this series? I think it's over next game. Um, I I don't know. The Islanders are showing a lot. And uh, Brock Nelson is really stepping up. I mean, he had a career year this year, and he's just continued that into the playoffs to get three goals or something. Um, But also they have the – in my opinion, the best goalie in the league uh, this year in uh, Sorokin, and he's playing like that too in this series. So he's keeping them in there. Um, I'm surprised. The I, I think Frederick Anderson's injured, 
but I was surprised they went with Ranta. He's played all right, but he's a I mean, he's more of a career backup goalie. And the Canes have such a good team. I was just surprised that they didn't go with Frederick Anderson. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think the series, I think the the Canes will win the series. But it's just the the Canes, they're good enough to beat the Islanders. We all know that. But then we give them this pass if they lose because they're injured. But then it's also you should still beat them regardless. So, however it ends, I'm interested to see the narrative that gets written about them. But I, I the Islanders are just not going to let you beat them 5-1. to one. They're going to keep it close because Sorokin is, like you said, probably the best goalie in the game right now. And it's... I, I don't... I really don't know with their offense either. Yeah. You'll either win a two to one game because you have Sorokin or, you know, they got to outscore the Canes some other way. Barzal's been, I don't want to say non-existent, but he's not done too much. I feel like Brock Nelson has done well. Someone who is non-existent, Bo Horvat, just absolutely yeah. nothing. Parise, Paul Mary, former Devils, they're, you know, just kind of there. Parise got a big penalty a few games ago and that wound up costing them on the power play. So I don't think more of Carolina if they win because they should, mm. but I, it's not like I would feel that much less of them if they lost, because I know the Islanders, I, I, I don't know this, this makes for terrible, you know, insight and listening, <laughs> but I just really have no idea with them. That's the best way I can put it. It's a yeah. It's like like you said. It's a weird series. Um, I, I mean they've they've had games where they've dominated, they've been dominated, and then uh, you know those close games. But I just think the Hurricanes are a better team, and usually it's usually um, the better team does end up winning when they're up by uh, up three games to two. All right, I think maybe stupidly. I, I made us wait till the last game of the Eastern Conference because I know, you know, by this point, people hear me ramble on about these games and they probably tune us out. But uh, Rangers, Devils, I, I, I have opinions out the wazoo, but you have no mm-hmm. rooting interest in this. How do you feel about it after four? I think the, the Devils have all the momentum. Um, they... They woke up or something. Something happened. They had a team meeting or something after game two, and uh, it looked like uh, it looked like it could get uh, out of hand, and Igor could take the series and run with it. And um, Panarin and Kane. I mean, Kane was dominating, and then yeah, the last two games it's just like the Devils flipped the switch, and they were close games, but just seemed like they they controlled more um, and. Uh, you look at, I mean, like stats wise, it's not a, I mean, it's three, two, two, one, um, in those two wins, but I don't know. It just seems like they, they calmed down. They controlled and they never felt panicked. And they maybe, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you hear like they had a team meeting. If they, if the Devils win the series, then after the series, they see that we had a team meeting or something after game two, because it just, it looked like it, it could get ugly uh, in those two games. So, it's now been 
by the time this comes out, it'll be about a week since game two. I went to Prudential Center and I watched from the bar across the street because I'm poor and I couldn't go in. Um, that was maybe one of the top five like saddest moments of my life. It was definitely like a top five worst sports viewing experience of my life. I I was too confident the entire day. And then the first one went in and I was like, oh, finally. And then it, it was just it was just getting dogged on for 60 more minutes. And I hated that. Um, But some quick thoughts on that. Uh, Chris Kreider still definitely does steroids like there, there's no way he's natural <laughs> or anything like that. He's definitely performance enhancing. I don't know why he hasn't gotten drug tested. Tip in merchant. Um, and this whole meat market thing about him, I've asked so many Rangers fans. They either don't know what that is or they can't explain it to me. It's some secret code <laughs> written in Morse code that I will never know. And I will just all day last Friday, people were either commenting like, oh, meat man or meat market or just like the steak emoji. <laughs> I really thought I was going to lose my mind. It was one of the worst afternoons of my life. Just constantly like on an anti Chris Kreider meme. I just it was just like a safe place for Rangers fans to rejoice that they were up 2-0. And then, you know, Akira Schmidt happened and now it's tied. Yeah. By the time this comes out, game 5 will be in a few hours from now. Uh it really feels like the first team to win a home game, as weird as it is to say, will be the one to win the series because the Ra- the Rangers have one guaranteed and the Devils could potentially have two if they were to drop five or six. So it's really whatever team wins a home game, I feel like, is going to win the series. And, and obviously not everybody's contributed for the Devils, I feel like. Dawson Mercer hasn't done much. Timo hasn't done a lot. Damon Severson doesn't do anything ever, so you know I'm not surprised about him. But the same can be said about the Rangers. I feel like they've benefited more from the players that haven't done a lot. So it's kind of hidden, but there are some skeletons in their closet that need to come out. If they want to, I feel like get the upper hand in this. Yeah. That uh, Akira Schmidt is a heck of a story there. I think he got cut from, I don't know if it was the USHL or, or OHL. He got cut from a team and then uh, just last year or two years ago, and now he's playing, playing his mind out of his mind in uh, a Stanley cup playoff. Yeah, under one uh, goal average there in two games. And it's looked it, – it, it's living up to the hype that this series had uh, from a, an outsider in, in this series. It's, it's been one that you, you turn on right away. Even in, even going into, like, game three uh, when the Rangers were up 2-0, to zero, you just – you knew this one wasn't over. It just felt, felt something different there. Yeah, I thought it would – well – I was saying for a really long time, Rags and Four, just, I don't know, I'm a fucking weirdo. But I was really making that narrative go, but I, I really thought it would go seven. After game two, I was like, no way. And then these two, you know, it just went the one team, the Devils, it went their way and it didn't go the Rangers' way. It very easily could be over. You know, it's not like the Devils destroyed the Rangers the way that they did in New Jersey. Um, so it could be very easily the other way, but you know, I'm not going to complain about the result that it is in right now. 
And mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, Devils do have the current momentum, but the Rangers had the momentum going into game three in their home arena. So I feel like in this series, it's absolutely meaningless. And uh, whoever wins that first home game, like I said, I think is going to be the team that moves on. Yeah, I mean, I agree. It's uh, going to be a fun series to follow there in the next couple of games. <laughs> All right, I got to let some of my pain and thoughts out. It's only fair that I return the favor to you, JB. Your Minnesota <laughs> Wild down three games to two. Game f- six, right? No, yep, yep. five. Wait, they've already played five? Yeah, game six is on Friday. They have a couple more days off. That's crazy. So Devils are playing game five. Yeah, that's wild. Wow. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Minnesota Wild, like I said, down three, two. Back at home, house morale and mini. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's just an endless streak in Minnesota. I mean, I'm more of a wild fan than uh, any other sport. I just like hockey more. But you look at, you know, the Vikings, the Twins. Twins haven't won a playoff series, I don't think, since I've been up born. Um, so, and you look at the Vikings, they haven't won anything, and they – they haven't won the yeah I don't they haven't won anything <laughs> since I've been born. The Wild haven't won anything in their franchise history. They haven't even gotten out of the first round since I think 2014 uh, when they beat the Avalanche. But I don't know. I thought this year was a little different just with maturity and all. Every year, uh, a star on the Wild. Well, they haven't had a whole lot of stars in their franchise, but some star just goes invisible and. Somehow it's Kirill Kaprizov, who I think is injured, and also Matt Boldy, who is invisible as well. I mean, Matt Zuccarello only has two goals. The best player has been Gustav Nyquist, who's been injured the entire year. Didn't play anything until a couple weeks before the playoffs, and it was a a very quiet deadline trade uh, with the Blue Jackets. He's been really good. It's just he shouldn't be the player that has been playing the best. And I mean, I could talk about Gusto, uh, 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 Philip Gustafson, but I don't think he had a great game last game. And I think he's been okay. He's been above average, but just some squeaker goals. And of course the, the Lakeville native Lakeville, Minnesota native is uh, shutting the door in the last couple of games for the stars and taking away games. And they're just, the, the big thing is, I mean, they're beating the Stars five on five. They're a much, the Wild are a much better team than the Stars five on five. They have a 40.9% penalty or power play, the Stars do. The Wild have the worst penalty kill uh, right now, and it's, it's awful. It's absolutely terrible. And you're not going to win a series with that. Also, their faceoff percentage is abysmal. And, there's just some key things that the wild have to fix and you only have two games to do it. Yeah. I mean, so I remember I said, you know, the stars are the team that if you don't have a team, you know, you got to watch them. And then that was before they got matched up against the team that I said would represent the Western conference. So that's kind of just unlucky for me because I really do like both teams and I, I did, I wouldn't have wanted them to play each other round one. But I, 
how does how does Minnesota fix this? Like you said, there's only two potential games that they can. How do they, you know, not lose in the first round again? I mean, it, it takes adjustments, and the big thing is Dean Evanson gets out coached every year he's been in the playoffs in the NHL and in the OHL, and he was the head coach as well. He has a horrible playoff record there too. He doesn't make adjustments, and the adjustments he makes are are wild. I mean, playing Flurry in Game Two, that's wild. It, it's just it just doesn't make sense, and he's getting outplayed. He's not adjusting their lineups as, at all. He played. He made one tiny adjustment this whole series, and he just doesn't. He doesn't. I just don't think he's a great coach in the NHL. And I've been scared of that for a couple of years here, just in the playoffs. He just doesn't know how to manage the team uh, and manage it better than the guy across from him. So that all being said, how do you see Game Six going? Um, I want to say they win, but this is the exact same series as we saw last year. It's the exact same, uh, just how this has played out. So I don't know. I mean, the wild have to come out strong. It's going to be a rowdy club, a rowdy uh, place. Uh, just wild fans hate stars fans uh, and the stars now. So um, they they're going to be as loud as they can. They hate Brian Suter, who was with the uh, with the Wild for ten plus years, and uh, it's it's a crazy environment there. Uh, you can see it through the TV there, but the, the Wild need to come out. I, I think they can win this one, and then uh, it would be it'd be something if they can rebound. Does it make it better or worse that it's Ottinger basically beating you every night? <laughs> So he's literally the only star who I haven't had anno- gotten annoyed with, which is weird. He's the goalie uh, who's shutting them down. But God, I have such a such a spot, soft spot for Minnesota players. Um, I talk about them constantly and uh, I post about them all the time. And I love Minnesota-born players. So, and I love Ottinger. He was just unbelievable. I remember it in high school. I mean, he was unbelievable. He was the best goalie in the state by ten miles. Uh, for Lakeville North, and I think they lost in the championship game in the state tournament, or but uh, well, they might have. I don't know. I'd have to look more into it. But yeah, I'm going to be writing an article about him and um, a couple other Minnesota kids as well. But it's it's almost proud proudening that uh you know we get we have some joy, uh, we have some some pride that are from our own state doing that in the playoffs. But at the same time. I, I, I want to see a first round. Uh, I don't want to see another first round exit. That's a, I feel like that's a very fair point that a lot of your people are probably experiencing. And, you know, you don't like the feeling, but, you know, it could be worse. It could be like uh, somebody from, you know, Wisconsin or something. Just beating yeah. you. Lifelong Packers fan just absolutely shutting you down six games yep. in a series. Um, yeah, there's nothing more that I could add to that. Obviously, you know, the wild much better than I do. So I, I agree with you totally, but I want to move on to this Oilers King series. This has been the most, how do I put it? Upside down, 
poorly officiated, poorly <laughs> played. Um, everybody has flipped on the Kings basically overnight because of like some girl selling a Vander Kane that he makes us the fans want to spit on little kids, <laughs> which is just an all time crazy thing to say to a Vander Kane yeah. of all people, no less. It's like there's no way you can make this guy like seem like a hero, and you did. Because it's like, I'm sure people saw Evander Kane take a picture with a little kid and sign a jersey, and it's, oh, you know, whatever, cool. But then it's like, you make us want to spit on kids. It's like, uh, uh, Evander Kane is a good guy again. Evander Kane is the Atlanta version of himself now. Um, The goaltending's been, uh, is terrible, a good way to put it? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Was it three overtime games? Out of yeah, five? we got uh three two, five four, and then uh four three. It it's offense everywhere. Yeah, McDavid's not even doing a lot, and like that's not even McDavid's standards. That's anybody's standards. He doesn't have that many points. Dry titles going insane. The Kings are just they're finding ways. Kevin Fiala finally came back, which I'm sure is very similar to Ottinger. It was a love-hate thing for you. <laughs> um, Corpusalo has kind of resorted back to his Columbus ways at times. Stuart Skinner's been inconsistent. Jack Campbell still sucks. Mm-hmm. What do you make of this one? It's, it's an Oilers series. It's what they wanted. They could play offense and – uh there's not much goaltending on either side. I was really hoping that Stuart Skinner, because I'm a huge, I'm a big fan of Stuart, Stuart Skinner. I think he's, uh, his, uh, his just mannerisms as a goalie are very intriguing and they're fun to, they're, they're satisfying to watch. But yeah, he just hasn't, and it's his first season. Um, it's first time in the playoffs. So give him a little break there. It just seems like the Oilers just never get a break in that in the playoffs and I thought this was the year that was going to change, but yeah, it's, they got to put up more points each game because there's going to be goals scored. Uh, And yeah, McDavid has been not, not as good as Dreisaitl. Dreisaitl has overshadowed him. And I guess when you have a guy like Dreisaitl stepping up, you it's okay for McDavid not to have a highlight real goal every night and have three points on the night every night. But yeah, the Kings are I, – I, I might get hated for this, but I've always seen their fans as – they have a couple diehard fans who uh, love hockey, you know, were around maybe when uh, Gretzky was there. But I think most of the fans are there, you know, for a night out, uh, maybe in in in, in uh, Los Angeles and a lot of celebrities. It's like a Lakers game. I view it as a Lakers game. Uh, and there's probably a lot more diehard Lakers fans. But So fans are – you know, it's the California drama, uh, dramatic scene. So fans are uh, a little crazy there. To, but I really hope the Oilers win. I really want the Oilers to win. Um, I, I really like them in the playoffs this year. I, Stuart Skinner needs to step up. To to piggyback a point you made, I don't think I've ever actually met a real Kings fan. Yeah, they're they're not like... You don't see Kings fans just around the streets, like, like just walking by or, or on social yeah. media. He's, he's just, they don't 
show up very often. Which is crazy because I feel like Los Angeles just by default you see people wear that like that gear wherever you go, but I don't mm-hmm. I, maybe like a, a Gretzky, like you said, but that was what twenty years ago, and yeah, that's just because yeah. it's Wayne Gretzky. It doesn't really matter the team they wear Oilers ones too, but you know they have no idea at that point. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I really hope that the Oilers advance because I don't want to see the Kings keep going. I Corpusalo wasn't great in Columbus, and I understand. That was a terrible team, and he played well in L.A. after the deadline, but he's just been so wishy-washy these playoffs, and it's the same team that he's playing behind that he did well at the end of the regular season. So I feel like at a certain point, that sample size becomes the standard, and that standard is average. Yeah, he's obviously better than Jonathan Quick because, you know, I'm better than Jonathan Quick at this stage of the game. (laughs) So I think Edmonton will be able to, whether it is game six or game seven, I feel like they'll find a way to just score more goals because really that's all you need to do in this series. It's not outplay the other team. It's just get more goals in the back of the net. Yeah, I mean, Leon Dreisaitl has like 16 points or something crazy. So you got a guy like that. You try to shut him down, and then that's when Connor McDavid gets out. You also have Zach Hyman and Evander Kane. Uh, they just have they have a great team, but their defense, well, you know, it struggles sometimes as well. But they could just net for a game. I don't think the Kings can keep up, even with Fiala back. And Fiala hasn't played in a month, month and a half. Uh, so his legs are going to be dead as well. He looked pretty good, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be an interesting series there. Uh, finish with the Edmonton leading uh, three to two. Um, the Knights Jets series. I feel like I just have to acknowledge, just to say that you know we hit all of them. Yeah, I really have no thoughts on it. Connor Hellebuck is good. He hasn't played great, but you know, not too many people do against Vegas. I don't know if you have any thoughts either way on this one. No, this is kind of how I saw it going. Um, Vegas is just so much better than the Jets. Barely got in. They got in because. You know, it was a an ugly game to finish the year for the against the Wild, and they got in beating the Wild, um, with the Wild down shorthanded, uh, injured in that game as well. But yeah, they barely got in. I think they were maybe the last team to get in the playoffs, yep. if I recall. And they're playing probably the deepest team. I think the worst part of the Knights are the is the goaltending maybe, and uh, you know. Brassois played all right. And yeah, I, I just don't think the Jets are very good. I'm just excited for the series to be over because then finally, you know, I get the last hurrah with Jets fans thinking that they were so much better than they really were in December. And it's like, you guys, you know, it was three months into the year and I said, you weren't fun to watch. And now you're seeing, you know, <laughs> you're just getting dominated the entire series by the Knights. Okay, the whiteout's cool, but you know, that doesn't change the product that's on the ice. I'd put, yeah. you know, fan atmosphere up there with the rest of anybody in the league, but you know, on oh, nice performance. It's the reason why you were 16 out of 16. Yeah, and someone like um 
Connor Hallebuck. I, I see him like a John Gibson kind of thing. A lot better situation than John Gibson's in, but someone who gets a lot of shots and a lot of work throughout the year. He's got to be exhausted and wearing down just a little bit, even though he's not that old. But gosh, he plays nearly every game. And uh, for a guy who gets a ton of shots as well, uh, I don't see that. I just don't see him lasting long in Winnipeg. Regardless of who wins the Kraken Avalanche series, and obviously I know you want the Kraken to win because you hate the Avalanche. Um, I feel like at the end of the day, we're all Seattle Kraken fans now. This atmosphere that they've brought to Seattle and they keep showing this watch party that's going on in Seattle. It's just insane. This team is only getting better. A lot of people wouldn't have believed that they would have made the playoffs this year let alone potentially with nine minutes left, be up three games to two on the defending champs. The goaltending is going to hold them back. That's been their biggest issue all year. They need to get better on defense, but, you know, every team has its flaws. And like I said, only getting better. They're ahead of schedule. What have you made of this Kraken Avs series? So I wasn't – I'm more scared of McKinnon and McCarr. Um, but when I heard Lanniska was out, I had a gut feeling, and the Seattle Kraken are good. I mean, it, it, this isn't a – I don't think it's a huge upset if the Kraken win, just because they have been really good this year. Um, gosh, Avalanche goaltending's bad. Gorgiev is not good. He wasn't good for most of the season. Uh, I think his stats are fine, but he's on a really good team. Um, but I just – I don't think he's that – good and he lets up a lot of a lot of goals um that you you can't let up in big moments so that has hurt them in this series and the Kraken defensively has been excellent as well and the story I don't think it's talked about it's just Grubauer uh playing a revenge game and playing how good he has been uh, I mean he has a 958 save percentage uh so how good he's been in this series is is understated I think uh, for the, the revenge kind of series for him. I think there's a reason why Rangers fans were so upset that they let Georgiev go. I mean, obviously you have Shesterkin, so, you know, you're not going to need him that much. But, like, he legitimately lost every time he started last year. It wasn't you know, pretty to see. It was yeah, almost he, a guaranteed loss. You know, under 9 save percentage, didn't he? If I yeah, remember it, it right, or something low. Everybody was like, oh, when he gets his own team, blah, blah, blah. Like, you're seeing it now. The Avs yeah. obviously were really good, and they're going to still be really good. But it, their offense is why they're winning games. It's not because of him. And I think tonight with no Kel McCarr, you really see how important he is to that team. Yeah. I mean, Kel McCarr, in my opinion, and, you know, maybe a little biased, I think it should have been a two-game suspension. I think they put it into effect where it's, you could only have two games left. So I think that's why he only had a one game, whereas like Michael Bunting's it was the start of the series. So uh, I think his suspension would have been less if it was the end of the series like that. But that was an ugly hit there by McCarr. Um, and yeah, this is a, it's a big reason why they're losing tonight as well. Yeah. I mean, Seattle, if they hold out, they're going to go back to Seattle on home ice at Climate Pledge. And I 
I, I hope they get it done. This team is a lot of fun to watch. You know, a lot of more people have gotten to see them. So I think seeing them in the second round would be really great for all parties involved, honestly. Yeah, I would uh I would love to see them in the second round. Um was there any thoughts that you had that you didn't get out? Anything I missed? Um, it's been a fun playoff. I like that there's no sweeps this year. Uh, even if it's going to be a four-one, looks like maybe the Golden Knights. But it's been a uh, it's been good parity, a lot of good goaltending, and a lot of good uh, action. I do think the refing and officiating, not just in the Wild game, has just been it's been bad. Uh, I don't know about I don't know. It's it's hard to tell. Bad officiating is a very hard thing to do. I don't think people realize how hard it is. But at the same time. It's the playoffs, and they haven't called some of these calls that they've called in the playoffs for, for since the NHL is a thing. Uh, they've let teams play usually. That's what playoffs is, and they're calling everything under the sun, it seems like. Yeah, it, it it's every series, I feel like. It, like you said, not just your team, my team. Every team has a reason to be upset because the reps have just been terrible in all of them, so at least mm-hmm. they're consistent in that. Yeah, yeah, they've uh, it's been it's been definitely rough, and it's funny how it comes a couple weeks after Gary Bentman said the best ro- officials in the world. <laughs> he could tell me that you know the day of the week it is, and I wouldn't really believe him. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah, I think I got out all the thoughts that I wanted to. I don't, I don't think I missed anything, but I'm also pretty dumb, so it would make sense. But I do want you to tell us, you know, it. like I said, it's not just because we didn't want you here. It's not that you didn't want to be here. Um, you're very involved in something very popular in Minnesota from what you've told us. Let's play hockey. I feel like you've explained it before, but I mean, you know, it's the big return podcast. Let everybody know what it is, what you're doing with them. Yeah, so I'm I'm kind of a. I mean, I do a lot. I've done video stuff, some audio stuff, and then a lot of writing. And I'm putting together magazines for them and kind of a lot of things uh, with him. And he is, yeah, it's a 50-year magazine. It's our 50th year uh, with Let's Play Hockey. The original owner was a Minnesota legend. And uh, he's since passed away. But, yeah, it's 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 been a popular thing. I mean, when I was younger you'd get weekly let's play hockey magazines and it just features all the minnesota hockey around the state um in the nhl where the roots are in 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 the nhl and uh it's just it's kind of a special thing i mean this guy herb brooks is always featured in it as well uh growing up and uh yeah it's it's just a, a magazine it's also let's play football we have that as well it's a newer thing but uh, let's play hockey is really, I mean, it's, it's took enough. We have the, throughout the state tournament, let's play hockey puts on the expo. So there's, it's the biggest hockey expo in the world. And just people come out from all over with their, their hockey items, some hockey. I mean, you got like the on the bench guys always come and uh, we hang out with them and uh, slap shot and move a really old movie. Those guys are a big part of let's play hockey as well. So yeah, there's some, 
awesome, awesome names and just been a, a very fun, but very busy, uh, very, uh, a year. Yeah. I mean, from what you've told us about it, you know, it, it seems, and I've tried to relay this and I feel like everybody agrees. Minnesota and hockey is like Texas and football, California and baseball, all that. So, you know, mm-hmm. you doing this is like a very big thing. Um, yeah, and I mean, I've gotten to see more than most people probably would know that, like, you're doing day-to-day with them. So, you know, I know what you're doing is is good stuff. You're putting in a lot of hard work with them. Um, Yeah, I mean, I couldn't describe it better than you because what I know about it is from you. So I would just be saying things that you have already said. Yeah, it's just telling the stories of the kids that uh, where they go, a lot of kids. And I mean, we've got I mean, following kids from Pee Wee's to, all the way to, to high school. I mean, someone like uh, goalie Hampton Fukinski playing for the national development team and uh, making the team. He just got second place in state this year for War Road, the goalie. Um, yeah, it's just like following those kids. It's, it's fun. Um, yeah, I, th- I think I got everything out. Nothing else you need? No, uh, I think we had a, a great show. Yeah. Um, Johnny Goudreau's still a whore. I wonder what he's up to nowadays. I mean, he's probably back in like Philadelphia or whatever gross suburb he's from. <laughs> you know, but at least he gets to be with his family. Stupid jerk. Um, yeah, approaching 2000 on Instagram. A lot of people got their stickers. I keep posting where they put them. It's pretty sweet. Um, yeah, I don't know. At the puck wave on Instagram. I'm not going to plug the other stuff because I know I'm never going to get to it. Um, yeah, I think that's it. We'll be back at some point to talk about, you know, what goes on. I don't know. At the end of the round, beginning of the next round. But at some point, you know. We'll get a group together, get it all going. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's JB, America's goalie. Happy to have him back. I'm, I'm just some guy. But, uh, yeah, I think that's it. And uh, it's good having you back, man. And, I don't know, we'll do this again soon. Yeah, for sure. All right, at the Puck Wave on Instagram. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Listen to this. Or not, no way you got this far. But, you know, if you did, thanks. Uh, And we're out.